0: welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story stream podcast where we see new movies. The newest movies, the freshest films, all kinds of good good shit that I like. My name's Robbie Anderson. I'm here as your hostess with the mostest. Uh, I'm the host of Hot Takes. I host this podcast. This is not the only podcast we do. If this is your first story stream podcast you're listening to, there's so many. We do so many! Too many! Someone told me once, too many shows they once told me. And they can't find that person anymore. Um, But yeah, we have a lot of podcasts. Head over to storiesandbeacon.com to find all the content that we do, both audio, visual, and otherwise. Uh, But I am, Robbie, here to talk about Hot Takes. And I'm joined by a full panel of guests. Very excited to have all my friends here to talk about this. What I would describe as, uh, we're recording this on Memorial Day. I think it's a very Memorial Day movie. And we'll see... (laughs) If everyone agrees, Memorial but, uh, Day. I'm Robbie Anderson. It's Memorial, Memorial Day. We're going to Memorial, 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 Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Minority Day. Um, and we're going to introduce everybody. Bernadette Gorman White. How are you?
1: Good. Happy to be here. Happy to have watched this movie. Uh, excited yes. to talk about it.
0: Yes. And we're joined by the White Knight of movies, Mike Burge. Hello. Hi. And we're joined by Diana Demuro. Hey, how are you, Diana? Very excited to have everyone here. How is everybody?
2: This movie was nightmare fuel, so
0: <laughs>
2: try to get pumped up.
0: <laughs> Trying to get jazz for this flick, <laughs> yeah we uh we all saw it uh not t- we saw it like about a week ago, I think we all saw it kind when it came out. burn, you saw it more recently, I think
1: yeah, today obviously is a Monday, as you mentioned, it's a men yeah. and Monday. It's a mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: and mm-hmm. I saw this
1: on Friday, so a little bit okay. more recently,
0: a little bit more fresh. I'll never forget this movie uh, <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so we're going to dive into talking about men. First half of Hot Takes is spoiler-free. I almost don't think it matters for this one. I'm not really sure if this movie has spoilers. We'll find out. But, uh, yeah, let's go through it. Diana, what's your hot take on men? The film, and in general, if you don't mind.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure that... I understand everything it was going for, but I enjoyed, and I think it does some interesting stuff with dealing with topics of abuse, and I think the interesting things that I found more frightening were the stuff that was actually more normal, mundane stuff than the crazy fantastical elements of it and i'll leave it at that till we get to spoiler town and jesse buckley was awesome so i feel like it's it's very british (laughs) (laughs) and rory kinnear he's awesome so good on him man i hope he gets a lot of cool shit after this movie and i won't Um, i would say it's maybe not my favorite alex garland
0: that's fair to say. Yeah, I would say.
2: say as my hot take. I I liked it a lot, but maybe not my favorite. Alex Garland. So, yeah.
0: mm-hmm. Mike Burge, what is your hot take on
3: men? I'm just here to listen to you guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm here to uh, have you guys explain it, uh, and I'll just take that, and that's what I'll tell other people that I think happen. Um, I think
0: that's uh, probably the smartest mm-hmm. choice. <laughs>
3: It's kind of like uh, someone who listens to our podcast and <laughs> they, they just listen to our <laughs> stuff and then I hear someone say that and I'm like, that's what Robbie said. Because uh, <clears throat> no no two people can share the same opinion. That would be insane. Uh, <laughs> I like this movie a lot uh, as like kind of like folk horror kind of stuff. I think it's really different than, it's really different than anything else Alex Garland has kind of done. It's Got more in line with stuff like Twenty Eight Days Later, and maybe even Sunshine, like some stuff that he wrote beforehand.
2: Ooh, I didn't know he wrote Sunshine. I got yeah, major Sunshine vibes that's when we were OG. watching it. That's this. where he.
3: That's where mm-hmm. he kind of started. Yeah, oh, whoa. I think he didn't. He also write the book uh, Never Let Me Go.
2: No, oh, I'm not sure. No? Not. I,
3: maybe he wrote. No, the he did write. He wrote the book Beach. How he wrote. He wrote that book. He mm-hmm. did write "Never it. Let
2: Me Go" as a Japanese author.
3: Oh, so "Never Let Me Go"? Maybe, maybe he wrote the screenplay for the, the Wait, Andrew for the, Garfield film. Yeah, that's a sad, um,
2: sad movie.
1: Yes, it but, is.
3: <laughs> yeah, as 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 far as this movie goes, it's kind of like uh, this um, interpretive masterpiece of just like folk horror, where you have to kind of learn. You can learn any lessons depending on what you're bringing into it. I think that's kind of like a major thing about this movie that is making people um, lose their minds at how bad it is. uh, Because they're just, it's one of those things where like, I don't want to say it's like, oh, it's not being spoon fed, but like it actually kind of is. It's a very simple metaphor. It's kind of baked into the whole structure of why you would even sit down to go watch the movie. And there's just more for you to dive into depending on what you already know, what the context of your cultural, social situation is, and also what you decide to, like, just chew on. Like, the, a lot of people coming out of the theater watching this movie, you know, they were like, I think I liked it. I don't know what's going on. And then, like, a couple of days later, they'd be coming back for another movie, and they'd be like, I thought about men. I like it. It's – uh there's a lot going on there. And – Um, one thing that's really fun. I uh, stayed up a little late last night watching negative reviews on YouTube of men. (laughs) That sounds sounds fun. By by men.
2: Is that what you did after I went to bed? That's what I did
3: when you went to bed. And (laughs) let me tell you what, there is something that happens around the 45 minute mark. Of watching men talk about how insulting, how they're like, I just don't get it. I already know this. Like everyone knows, there's this one guy. He's like, there's three types of people that are gonna go see this movie. One, your, your radical feminists who already know you've got them. They don't need to see it. Two, normal guys <laughs> like me who already know it's not cool to hit women. It's not cool to gaslight people. I know this. And three, people who are already doing this, you think they're going to sit down and go, oh, I shouldn't do that. It's like it's, there's something magical that happens around that moment of doing that for almost an hour. Um, so that made me like the movie even more um because it's really <laughs> confusing and pissing off some pretty bad dudes out there which i didn't know um i don't know too many bad dudes in my life
2: i mean that's kind of i don't cool really know a whole lot of dudes bad actually bad dudes are going to see that though
3: it would be nice if it was like like mandatory
0: viewing yeah. for like middle school yeah but only the boys that had is. to watch it <laughs> uh Bernadette, i am dying to hear your opinion on
1: on men. It's a it's a weird title to give yourself, but I feel like I'm quite possibly story screens like resident theologian. Um, I feel like I was raised pretty heavily in the church. And so watching a movie like Men, obviously, I see all of the very, very heavy handed church stuff. Um, but spoiler free, really dug the movie um it is kind of doing like a big mishmash of the fall from paradise um they're kind of telling the story out of order they're telling the story in a little bit of like a interpretive way especially with the fact that you see two sets of characters in one setting and then you see primarily the majority of the film in another setting um, but they're kind of told interspersed where you're kind of getting bits of the story as you're going on um so I'm excited to get into the spoiler territory to really like dig into all of the, like the theology going on in this film and how that can be interpreted But yeah, I definitely got really big, Burge, as you were saying, it's making men angry. I got big like midsummer vibes after watching this because –
3: I'm not like that guy. (laughs) Right. Guys don't even act like that. No, I've heard of them, but like I don't even know them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because coming out of it, like I was told it was a pretty intense movie and I'm not saying it's not intense. There is some crazy stuff going on. But after watching it, I was like, all right, that was great. Like (laughs) I don't really know. It, It wasn't that difficult to watch. Um I felt like I was hearing horror stories of what was going on in this movie. But I really liked it and uh, excited to talk about it more. Yeah, it looks great. Sounds great. All of it.
0: I uh, – my hot take is that yeah, I – Yeah, Robbie, Robbie, from, what's, what, can you – can you tell <laughs> us – If I can mm. – if I can explain. If yeah. I may. Uh, I, you know, I found the movie uh, derivative and trite mm. and uh, – <laughs> It did teach ben. me that. I think I'm one of the I'm one of the good ones.
2: Um, <laughs> I, I saw that I on really... your letterbox. I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm one of the good ones.
0: I think I'm one of the good ones. I really, I really like this movie. It's going to be obviously divisive. I'm excited to dive into maybe what makes it so divisive. But yeah, I really like the movie. Um, this when I first like my hot take from leaving the theater was not sure if I get all of it. But on a technical level, I love all of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the sound design, the color palette, the sound, the way it's shot, even like the effects of it all. I thought was like the performances, like the technical, like you know the the architecture of a movie. I was all into. And then like you know, I think it's really. I don't. I don't understand why it's so divisive to make a movie that's weird and hard to understand. I don't. And also like, why do people? need things to be explained to them by the movie. You don't look at a portrait or a painting, go into an art museum and be like, there's no little thing under it that tells me exactly what it's about. And now I think that it thinks it's smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And I hate that painting now. That's not normal. It, that is not normal. It and also I kind of like, sounds
3: like uh, <laughs> trying, does happen, trying to explain patriarchy <laughs> to a man who has never considered patriarchy before. They're just like, what do you mean? I don't get it. And it's like, what well, no, so it's constructed in this way where it's like this. And it's been like that forever. Like marriage, religion, all that. And like, hmm, hmm. And like they really have to think about it. I don't think you're ever going to sit somebody down who's never considered the damage that men have done to women all throughout yeah. time. If they've never considered it, I don't think you're going to be able to explain it fully to them in an hour and a half, let alone being super artsy-fartsy about it.
2: Mm, artsy-fartsy. Well, I want
0: to... I want to dive into some of these conversations and I want to like, bef- I I feel like I don't even see in the cultural like conversation about this movie, I don't see just men not liking this movie. I don't see, I see plenty of like women, I see plenty of non-binary people, I see plenty, everybody has a thing to say about men. I see very few people who are outspokenly like, I really dig it. I feel like I see everyone having like a criticism on it. And I feel like the main criticism I see on this movie, the main thing I see is that people think that Alex Garland thinks he's smarter than them. Sounds like a thing. And I want to talk about that, because that is the criticism I see more than anything, that people are just like, he thinks he's smarter than me. This movie thinks it's so smart. Sounds like someone who was really cool in high school. What does that mean?
2: So I I was talking to someone, and I will leave their name off, (laughs) just to be respectful, because they are also critic friend that we know Uh (laughs) and uh and they were saying that their criticism of alex garland was that they thought they left things open sometimes too much and that they wanted alex garland to like take a staunch stance on certain things for the audience that they were like leaving things open to interpretation too much for the audience that they wanted the that they wanted like them to really passionately decide like one way or the other. And I didn't know if I totally agreed with that, but I thought that that was an interesting argument. So I was going to bring that up with you guys because I thought that also was like, I didn't necessarily think that that argument of him being smarter than me, but you know, if, if I felt like I didn't get something, was that because he was purposefully leaving it open-ended so that I could interpret it how I wanted, but is that a fault? Because he's not, like, specifically trying to say one type of narrative or one type of conclusion. Like, how do you guys feel about stuff like that?
3: To be fair, uh, I think that Alex Garland probably is smarter than most people. Just throwing (laughs) that out there. He he seems like a pretty intelligent guy. Is he British? He is British.
2: Okay. Um, I mean, not that that but, matters, but I was just talks curious. Like he's from this, this movie he lives- felt so British. You sound like you're from London. Yeah, this movie <laughs> felt very British. <laughs> he lives across the pond. Yeah, yeah. All
3: right, I'm going to stop. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what you guys had to think about that as well. Um, I, th- there's like a lot wrong with that to me, where it's just like that's how one person can feel. Um, But I feel like is that how you want everything to be like you want everything to be like what's the difference between like being beaten over the head with something and leaving it open to interpretation is is this like a the right bowl of porridge kind of situation where you want everything to be just perfectly right there in the middle like it's art you know this isn't Captain America and the Winter Soldier where they're going to be like so this is what happened to Bucky you know because they know that everyone is going to go see this movie. Mm. This is a weird little movie. It's folklore which uh for usually is not only open to interpretation but has many purposefully different interpretations depending on again what you bring into it. And I think it's fun. I think it's fun to kind of like get out of a movie I'm not going to lie and say, like, I knew exactly what was going on when the movie was happening or even right afterwards. Like, I had to think about it for a bit, but that was fun considering you're like, oh, that's right. The way the sound design works and it seems to be affecting her, but it's like non-diegetic because no one else is hearing it. Wait, why isn't she reacting to the fact that all these guys look alike? No one's pointing that <laughs> out. Like, you start thinking about that these things the that you thing hadn't considered.
0: Yeah. And
2: that's
3: fun. That's yeah. art, baby. I like that. Yeah.
2: So I would say, that me personally, I also am in am in that lane where I do feel like that's part of the fun, is getting to talk to you guys about stuff like that and having different opinions about, oh, I thought it was this, or I thought it was that. But I can understand, like, there is something to be said about, like, certain directors that have, like, a very specific voice, but that's not necessarily the same thing. It's like
3: Gasper No movies, like Enter the Void yeah. and Climax, like... Those things are not spoon-feeding you anything, but it's very simple what they're getting at. But it's more like, what do you think about that? And I think that's a very, you know, Alex Garland might be smarter than you. I don't think that he thinks that. I think you think that. Um, (laughs) To this make-believe person that exists out there that that was saying that. Uh, But I think it is also kind of uh, non-egotistical that he's like, he's not going to tell the audience what he means. He's like, this is what I'm interested in. These are the ideas that I'm playing with. I think that he knows what it means to him, but I don't think that he's egotistical enough. And I think that he's a free artist enough. And he's been doing this long enough for like a quarter of a century where he's more interested in leaving things a little open-ended for discussions like this and for interpretation to make them more interesting. I think I think he very easily could have put in like a line of dialogue or an extra 2 minutes in this movie that just goes and that's what was going on and then it's credits, but I don't think it would have been as good of a movie and I don't think that he's interested in doing stuff like that.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, I I've got 2 points off of those points that you guys have made. I don't know about you, but I prefer people smarter than me to make the movies I watch.
0: I, <laughs> I like it when idiots do it. You, know? <laughs> you do? <laughs>
1: there's
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. there's nothing worse than it. watching
1: a movie made by an idiot because you're thinking mm-hmm. like this was poorly done. So in my estimation, I would prefer to watch films done by people more intelligent than I am because I think that makes it more enjoyable. <laughs> but I, I don't feel like Alex Garland is trying to like pull the wool over your eyes with this movie at all. And to the second point where he didn't really take a stance, if he were to take a stance in this movie, it could have gone two ways. Either he firmly comes in the camp where it's like, women, I'm on your side. Like, men are doing terrible things (laughs) to you. And it's like, yes, we know this. So that would have felt weird (laughs) to me for him to, like, come forward (laughs) and say that. It's about
3: Mother Earth.
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) or he could go the other way and take a stand that I don't agree with and then it kind of ruins the movie for me so yeah like I kind of want it to be open ended I don't want to have to think about what Alex Garland as the filmmaker I want him to hide in his work like any good filmmaker does I don't want him to be visible in his work Um, I don't need to know that it was made by a man a movie about men made by a man I need to be like just enveloped in the process of watching the film, more right. so than caring about what Alex Garland thinks. So yeah, weird criticisms. I haven't really yeah, looked but, into criticisms for this yeah. film, but these Good are weird ones that you guys you are bringing up.
3: Some people want want Alex Garland to mansplain men, men. to them. No thanks. He, yeah, men. Explain to me feel, what you mean by that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you know, in in regards to like a, a movie being like more ambiguous with what it's trying to say and a movie being like more, you know, staunch or concrete in like what its like thematic resonations are. I think the the only issue I has have if if they fumble doing either, you know, like if a movie if a movie like, you know, doesn't it's trying to explain something and be like concretely about this one thing, but they don't do it right, Mm. then I have a problem with that. If a movie's like, I'm trying to be ambiguous and give you a bunch of imagery and make you think about this. I'm cool with that. As long as the design is executed well, I don't really care. And when it comes to like, you know, some of my favorite movies that are the most interesting to talk about, it's always shit like this with Mother, Killing Sacred Deer, Lobster, The Void climax like all these movies that are just like I don't fucking know what it's about that's the point you're supposed to kind yeah. of like talk yeah. it out yeah. and massage it out and it's supposed to mean something different to me and it's supposed to mean something different to you because it's art and that's the fucking point, the point. You
3: idiot it's like I don't <laughs> want I don't want to sound like you know armchair psychologist cuz I never do that um,
1: uh-uh.
3: <laughs> but really it, it's not I don't need anybody to explain to me um the me- the machinations happening behind someone's head when they're like Alex Garland thinks he's smarter than me. It's like, no, you don't think you're smart. That's what's yes. going on there. And you could be very you're smart. You're yeah. insecure about that because this dude who li- who <laughs> lives over across the pond made a movie <laughs> where all this weird shit happens and you're watching it and you're just like, well, I don't get it. So that means that this person sucks. I'm fine. <laughs> And buddy, that is exactly what this movie is trying to talk about. So it's actually kind of ironic that somebody would start to get all like offended. Again, these videos, you have to watch them. Some of them are only five minutes I'm long. sure they're insane. They're so good because these guys are just like, hey, what's going on, everybody? Sorry, this is going up a little late. We were at a live convention the other day. Here's some pictures. Hopefully that video is coming soon. Anyway, this movie sucks and... They cut to a picture of the convention and it's literally just like two white dudes and like a room of 75 white dudes. And they're all like, hey, and you're like, all right, I can't wait to hear what this guy has to say about this.
0: I think another like, I don't even know about criticism, but just kind of like thing that confuses me is people pointing out like Alex Garland being a man making this movie about men and almost thinking that there's some like agenda to like omit his patriarchal culpability in society <laughs> in some way and i just like don't really get it it's like do we not want do we not want men to make movies anymore like because that's i because like just say that if that's if that's the point that we're trying to get at i back that up it's like dude, if we have funny. they could take a break that's fine for with like me like listen decades. we've made we've made plenty they've made a lot it would even out then mm. Mm. but mm. i just like i just like kind of don't get it. it's like we don't want to see people make movies about subject matter that is hard to talk about or we do. Like, I don't know. Cause the minute that like someone makes an interesting movie that might has something to say, it gets just fucking like shot in the kneecaps. And everyone's just like, I actually fuck, no, fuck you for, fuck you for even trying to talk about gender. I
2: was trying guy. to find, I'll, I'll try and find it before we get into spoilers. There was like a really long, pretty cool comment by Atticus with some references to some of the folklore Mm. in the movie made on the the story screen Instagram. And I was trying to find it while you guys were talking, because it was kind of cool when Byrne was talking about some of the, the references to theology. It was like references to the, to the green man folklore. And I was like, and it was kind of, she was like so excited about that because she was like, it's so interesting to read about these mythologies and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is cool. I didn't even really know any of this. Yeah, the green man. Yeah, and I was like, ah! You know, so the green and man. I'm like, alright, more nightmare fuel for Diana. But okay. But I, Happy I, Memorial Day. Exactly. I was just like, I'm gonna try, try and find some of this, but now I'm having trouble finding it. But I I, I feel like yeah, it seems like Alex Garland is always interested also in these other like, supernatural mythology folklore like you know regardless of of his own gender you know that that kind of story aspect and gender because i feel like if you look at ex machina you look at annihilation gender's always coming into play and you do have those strong female leads
0: in both of those stories i think his i think his perspective on gender is so painfully progressive because yeah. it's all about performative gender. Right. All it, like So many of his movies are about performative gender.
1: Mm-hmm. Where That's it's like true. you have a
0: robot who's performing as a woman. Yeah. Where you, this movie where it's imagery really plays with like the idea of gender in like a horrifying aspect yeah. especially later on yeah. in it. Like he is, it's, it's like, I don't know. I think it's really cool that anyone is making movies about performative gender. Why are we hating on it? Like this is cool. This is good. Yeah. We should have more movies like this. You know, like, I just, like, don't really, I don't really get it. And it's, I guess it's the thing where just, like, you know, it's always, like, the vocal, like, the, it's always a loud, like, vocal minority of people who's going to be, like, I don't like this thing. Whereas, like, people who really dig it, it's, like, I really dug it. I didn't go immediately <laughs> on Twitter and be, like, I fucking love men. And I know what I just said. That's a funny sentence. But, like, it's fine, you know? Sorry, like, you're one it's, of the good ones. It's okay. Yeah. I'm yes. one of the good ones, so it's okay. Like, you know, I don't need to, like, pr- you know, it's, I don't need to prove it. But, like, yeah, I think, like, enough people, like, they don't like it, and then they want to, like, I don't know, manifest their think piece Mm -hmm. into reality. And I just, like, I I think when movies like this comes out, and it's, like, you know, I hate to be, like, I get so exhausted by the discourse, like, I'm some just, like, whimsical force creature that can't, like, listen to people (laughs) fighting, but, like, I just, like, sometimes it is just really exhausting. I don't know, do you guys ever feel like discourse burnout or discourse exhaustion, especially like because we do stuff like this, or does it give you... Fire in I love this shit
3: (laughs) I live for the I I like still randomly like bumping into someone who doesn't like The Last Jedi like I'm in an RPG and I all of a sudden get summoned into a battle out of nowhere like (laughs) you are wrong and here is why and the thing with that is like the passion for something like The Last Jedi is so strong because it's such a good movie that I've got ammunition for days whereas the people who don't like it still only have, like, the same four things, very basic, broad things that they don't like, which they're allowed to have. Um, but, like, the energy's gone from it at this point now because kind of Rise of Skywalker came along and was just like, well, now it all sucks. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Now it's all
2: bad. <laughs> uh, I feel like now I just, like, the issues that I have is when I do start to like certain things, the weird algorithm of, of crap that my twitter feed becomes like oh. <laughs> that i'm just like okay sure i i did make one comment of liking top gun maverick and now it's all top gun maverick I mean, and spider-man they're so just like you damn. love spider-man you know i'm too. just like it's just like everything yeah. <laughs> or i'm like we watched one episode of stranger things and i opened twitter and it was all about that specific episode so, I, so I, i'm I like hate you're hate listening to me right now it's <laughs> 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 like please stop
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, with the stranger things thing right now it's like you couldn't have expected people to watch all seven episodes already like i was starting to see stuff that's like all right i haven't even gotten episode four yet come on (laughs) yes now i have i I mean that's (laughs) come on i
3: broke uh i broke one of my rules about like because i was like we need to watch this immediately because everyone is just going to be talking about about this We're, we only have yeah. one episode left that we're going to watch later on tonight. Because I was just Whoa. like, jam through. We need to jam through. Well, we've because... been
2: watching like two episodes. And we, <laughs> At a time. First, the first night we watched three episodes. First night we watched three. And I was like, you want to watch another episode? Because yeah. Mike used to like to ration them out.
0: But he was the, the
3: one-a-week guy. But yeah. with Stranger yeah. Things, it's like, no, you need to... Because yeah. everyone's going be to be talking about this, especially with the Memorial Day weekend. Like My whole thinking was like, by Tuesday everyone's going to have seen this thing and Twitter is just going to be going The episodes are so
2: much longer this time though. They They're all wrong. like an
1: hour and 18 wrong. hour 20 and I'm like Whoa. So I haven't even started yeah. into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when uh, you're talking about discourse, actually I don't really engage in a lot of discourse. I don't really go seeking out reviews, especially if we're going to do a hot take. So I like didn't look up anything about yeah. this movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I could come to the mic with my own opinions. Same. And uh but yeah, I typically. Sorry to
0: bring you bring you into so much of the discourse oh, on the episode. <laughs> that's fine.
1: Um, but yeah, what I typically, when it comes to discourse, the things that upset me is when everyone likes something that I think is bad. That's oh, when sure. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Why do you guys yeah. like this? You guys Fools. are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt What's going on? very vindicated with the senior year, that Netflix movie. It seemed like everyone thought that was bad, which I thought I would be kind of alone. But that was very, very good for me. So I think I'm more into discourse when I don't like something rather than when I do like it. When I do like it, I tend to kind of stay away because I'm like, mm. I like it. I don't need people to tell me why I shouldn't like it. Right. Yeah.
0: I get I get a little bit like the ones that wear me down is the the, the Last Jedi-isms where it's just like, this is so weird that no one likes this. What is going on? And But like, you know, you're on a platform that just like vocalizes annoying people so you're just like dealing with that all the time yeah. but then like you know I do also like I feel like the internet loving like Spider-Man No Way Home was so nice not knocked. it was nice but it knocked off my enjoyment of the movie like 20% that's true because oh, no. it was like it was just like fan art People being like, "Can you believe Tobey Maguire is here?" I'm like, "Tobey Maguire, I'm so yeah. happy to see Tobey Maguire." I think again it was really nice for the it's first couple like of days. It's not like he's that good in it. Like, what is going? Like, <laughs> that movie is made by a robot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are we talking? It's a it's a movie made by a machine. And I like that movie, but like, can we relax? It, what it literally is, the,
3: is like the most Marvel movie where you're just like, yeah, it's like like End Game all over again. Where like I really liked End Game, but the reason I like Infinity War. More than Endgame, which I say that to some people and like their heads I like, I like heads Infinity explode War better than is because <laughs> Infinity War has a little bit more of like a heart and yeah. like an energy and like, a, and like a purpose to it. It has more Whereas stakes. Endgame is literally just like, you've beaten this video game three times now. So now you can start from the beginning with all the weapons and just go through and have fun. Yeah. You know, it's like, I again, well, I love Endgame. There's never going to be another movie like it. Um and it's the first of its kind. Like it's it's and it's it's a really fun time. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like No Way Home is was that all over again, where it was just like, okay,
0: calculating the next scene and all right, press play, yeah. good. All right, next scene calculating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like listen, like I'm into stuff like that. And then kind of to even bring back the, the conversation about like movies that are very concrete in what they're doing. And like otherwise, like the things mm-hmm. I like about the things I really like about No Way Home is that it's about like rehabilitating these multiverse refugees and sending them back to their homes like better than before like that's a really sweet message is in that movie and no one really talks about that aspect of it but that movie also makes a firm stance that that is what it's like if you're looking for those thematics like that is what that movie is telling you is good right that's fine but like you know i like it when a movie like honestly makes me feel fucking bad and then i have to just deal with that afterwards like mother you know (laughs) like I never need to see Mother again, but Mother's objective is just being like, here's a bunch of images. Cool, so you've been to therapy ever? If it's ever been a bad time, it's going to be a lot like that. It's basically a Warshak test, Warshak test that's just going to make you feel like fucking awful and now you have to go home and live the rest of however many years you have. I remember to sitting next, next to you watching Mother. I, rem-
3: I think I about that up. from time
0: to time. You were like the most <laughs> uncomfortable person watching a movie
3: I'd ever seen. I was very shocked yeah. you didn't leave. <laughs> No, well,
0: I had a job. I had a job to do. Uh, (laughs) I had to get to the mic. But the thing is, it's like I just you know maybe it's because, and I think we all feel similarly. It's like you know we have a passion and a love for the medium. But like, I just think that's what movies should be. Like, movies shouldn't only be Jaws. Sure. But movies that want to make a lot of money should be, and but movies that like want to be art, like I, I also don't think that all artistic fare need to be like men. Like they can be. Yeah. You know. Have more of a plot that I can like understand as I watch it. Yeah. That's fine yeah. too. Movies <laughs> yeah. like, shouldn't why can't all be why not all of it?
2: One why can we have a buffet? Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. The
0: movies shouldn't
2: be all Jaws, so that way when I watch Jaws, I really fucking enjoy Jaws. Like this is good. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. or like you know, like uh, you like you know, you guys really, really like Maverick and really like I haven't liked seen Top Gun before. Maverick
2: wow. and it was great. Yeah. And then if I, I also, If you don't like go Top Gun see.
3: Maverick. If if you don't like Top Gun Maverick, you can just get out. You can just leave.
2: It was go really Go
3: somewhere else
0: because that's that's how I feel. Cinema, about baby. The, like I haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yeah. yet, so have yeah, I'm I. not saying I, I don't feel that way. Yeah. But like Ambulance, I saw and I was just like, yeah, I want to go this see is the Ambulance. And- the coolest movie <laughs> <Yeah>. I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, excuse <laughs> me, Robbie. Like, I could have
2: like
3: bent a steel beam. Are you talking like, about amb- Ambulance? Ambulance. Thank you. So uh, I didn't know what you were talking ambu- about. Ambulallance. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think that you. um... Correct me if I'm wrong, um, but um, yeah. in the word ambulance, there's an L and an A next to each other, and, um, and it takes place. For the, Los the Angeles. Movie, yeah, the movie, let me finish, please. The movie takes place in Los Angeles.
0: Oh, see, I thought it took mm, place in a fictional a place lo- called Los Ambulance. Yeah. Oh,
3: God. <laughs> no?
0: <laughs> That's what Directed I by Michael Bay um, <laughs> Michael Bay, ooh. If I ever, in a different, in the, in the, multiverse, in the multiverse timelines, universe. who knew? <laughs> That guy sounds like uh, he's great. I think great. It's, a, it's a good chance to take a quick break. Now that we've talked about kind of the bigger conversations about the movies, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this movie specifically and in great detail about the things that um maybe not sleep so good the night after. Yeah. So uh, I think we all recommend, listen, you should see this movie and you are welcome to not like it. And that's half the fun of seeing movies, right? Can we all... We all agree on that. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I got all of you here. I said, you know, when we were scheduling this podcast, I really wanted a full panel because I love having these conversations about these movies with all you guys together. It's so fun. And it's so fun doing it about these weirdo (laughs) flicks. So very happy to have everyone here. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk about spoilies for men.
3: Hey, everybody. Mike Burge popping in here real quick to let you know about our brand new advertiser, Sun Common. These guys are absolutely great. Suncommon is one of those businesses that I am just so proud to have the StoryScreen brand associated with. They supported us through advertising last year at StoryScreen Drive-In uh, in the midst of the pandemic. And that really helped us to be able to get things started and going over there. And ever since then, they have been just a fantastic Business To be partnered with in just about anything that we do. But what is some common? Well, some common is your local clean energy partner, and it's got over 15 years of solar experience across the capital district, Hudson Valley and Vermont. They are awesome. Sun Common is a certified B Corps that believes people and planet are the foundation of vibrant communities. They offer custom engineered solar installations for homes, farms and businesses, as well as unique products like the solar canopy and Tesla Powerwall. They're fantastic. They're, the customer service is out of control good. And speaking as someone who has to deal with the customer service at Fandango all the time, these guys are ooh, above and beyond comparatively. No, you know, no low shots to Fandango here. Just like, you know, there's room for improvement. Everybody can improve. But back to Sun Common. Sun Common is a NYSERDA, N-Y-S-E-R-D-A, pronounced NYSERDA gold quality solar installer, which means they exceed annual quality assurance criteria and consistently provide top tier performance. They offer affordable financing options designed to fit any individual's needs for getting that good old solar power energy installed in a business, a home, honestly, you name it, I think that they can pretty much pull it off. These guys, you know, they, they can help, they, they guide customers through each step of the solar journey, which can be a kind of a hard one to really wrap your brain around if you're not too familiar with how it goes, but they're so good at helping you understand exactly what needs to happen, what can happen, and what will happen when you hire SunCommon to do these kinds of things. SunCommon makes saving money while saving the planet the easiest home improvement decision you'll make. This year, any year, whenever. So if you're ready to build a brighter future, get in touch with Suncommon today. Visit suncommon.com to learn more. That's suncommon, S-U-N-C-O-M-M-O-N.com. And you can learn more and build a brighter future starting right now. Let's get back to the episode.
0: we're back with spoilies for men. They have dicks sometimes, but that's a spoiler for them. Sometimes they don't have dicks, and that's fine.
2: It's you one you see one pretty matter. early in this film. Yes, you
1: do.
0: <laughs> you do see some, yeah, you see some dickle. Hereditary. Pretty style. Early.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, you know, I don't think this movie is easy to spoil, but there's a lot of specific imagery that sounds very fun to talk about. Uh, Burn, hmm. you uh mentioned as story screens theolo- theologian theologian mm-hmm. theologian uh you brought up some some interesting you know things that you might want to talk about specifically and I'd love for you to spearhead the conversation for us
1: yeah i'm i'm interested because it seems like the rest of you you three it seems like that isn't necessarily what you were vibing on as much So I'll be interested to see like what you were really pulling from a movie and putting into the movie for sure. But yeah, what I was really trying to figure out as we were watching it was very clearly the town that she goes to seems like a paradise. Uh, It's mentioned that she chose this house for its beauty and it was like her ideal location to get over the passing of her estranged husband. And, uh, So I was trying to reconcile why she was returning to Paradise or if the Paradise area that she was in that she traveled to was the start and then the rest of the like modern world London scenes were more supplemental. But I think what I landed on was that she and her husband in London that seemed like the initial fall from Paradise. It seemed like... He, the husband, was very possessive of her, and she's defying him by saying, I have a life too. And so it seems like she's trying to take from the tree of knowledge in her relationship, and Mm. her husband is not okay with that. And something goes terribly wrong, and she's punished for it. And then it seems like her going to the town was kind of like a return to Eden, and Eden, which she would have chosen for herself – and then, obviously, we kind of have, like, a recycling of the creation myth and the Adam and Eve myth all over again. Oh, that's and it a cool like, interpretation. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like her being there awakened the, like, I don't really know what we want to call the nymph yeah, the green man.
2: Kinnear, the pre- yeah, man, the Pretty man, like mythical the green, green man. man he's yeah. shoving leaves into his
1: face. Happy Memorial Day. Well, it Day. seemed like he was comfortable being nude until she shows up, right? And kind of imparts the knowledge, and then he starts covering himself with fig leaves, which right. is also very biblical.
0: True. I mean, he also is ma- he's making himself look more like the yes, the stone, like the statue. Well. Yeah,
1: green yes, man. trying yeah. to become more godlike. But yeah, so Um, those parts of the story were really interesting to me, and the fall from Grace, and I don't want to, like, say my entire thing at the very beginning of this story thing, but yeah, like, I'm curious what you guys were thinking along those lines, but also, like... What was your initial interpretation of the movie if it wasn't biblical what was it That is
2: interesting well, too cuz you have like the priest you like hinting like oh you must feel guilty like it's it's it is very pushing the like female like oh it's all eh, the sins your of fault. the woman you know like you didn't you didn't give him a chance to apologize so it is kind of like oh yeah well i who knows i i don't know if if he saw you once this guy that you said followed you twice and it is kind of throughout the whole film a little bit. Yeah.
0: Um, I think, you know, the the main kind of like imagery that I think is like the most striking about the movie and kind of made me kind of think the most about it is the like uh, Russian doll births.
2: Yes. At the end, Yeah. Um,
0: but I was thinking about like, you know, kind of jumping off Burns point about like this um paradise so to speak and it's like you know this paradise featuring only men and they don't need women to reproduce and that was like something I was thinking about a lot is just like these creatures can like just reproduce and they don't need women to do it and maybe it's some version of like a patriarchal paradise where like women no longer need to even be an element of it you know and that's like kind of the, the issue there and then when she's there they see her as maybe like an invader and I was thinking that for a while but then you know having the final birth be James, I was just like, well, you know, maybe this movie doesn't really have anything too concrete plot-wise happening. It is much more a, a film that's about, like, how we handle grief through the prism of gender, you know? And, like, I think that's all relevant to... I mean, and, like, that that's my interpretation. And, like, obviously, you know, we're here to talk about how we all interpret it. But that was, like, kind of my takeaway. And it was a little, like... And I liked... And again, I like the movie, but it did feel like a little defeating just kind of being like, well, I guess it's like not really, you know, it's not like a weird sci-fi movie or fantasy movie. It's just more of like this vibe piece about a lot of themes, which I think is cool. But I had to I had to really, you know, maybe want to watch it again because I was just like, well, now that I know that I think I could get more out of a second viewing than trying to be like, you know, like Annihilation I feel like is it deals so much more with like it's emotional subtext more so than it's like concrete like plot mm-hmm. like it's sci-fi plot like it's far more concerned with like all those other things and the plot is just kind of a vessel to get you to it um whereas this movie like you know it, it, the plot is is even thinner and then eventually it's just like and now it's it's gone you know and I and I like that structure like on a structural storytelling level I think that's really interesting that like the the runway for the movie Starts to disintegrate and go away, you know, and then the vibes take over. I think that's very cool. Um, but yeah, that was that was where my spoilery thoughts were.
2: It's I found the uh, the fact that, like, you touched on really quickly in the beginning, like, that, and, and Mike did too, like, that she kept seeing Rory Kinnear as these different characters, and it didn't register to her that it was the same face so interesting and I found that kind of crazy because I thought at first that it was going to be the reverse I thought that she was going to see that it was the same person and that no one else was going to register like if that if there were going to be any other people that they weren't going to notice that Rory Kinnear was going to keep popping up but there wasn't anyone else for her to interact with but him so I found it really odd that
3: there's the one cop the one yeah, cop. The female cop, the one the female authority cop. figure, which yeah, is yeah. Yeah, which is what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, you, yeah.
2: But I was just going to say that. But then that whole, like you said, the Russian doll of like the birth scene at the end is really strange because I'm like, okay, so if you have these multiple characters existing at the same time, but then it seems like later on in the film they're only one at a time and then they're just like birthing the other version of each other it it is a little confusing i'm sort of wondering how that works as the like the creature development of it and then is it more psychological versus like you know sci-fi fantastical so yeah you go ahead mike
3: burn did you have something you want to say of what robbie said
1: uh yeah uh also talk touching on the the birthing scene yeah um i think it's really fascinating that you think this place exists prior to her being there because what i find Mm. most at war with my interpretation of the movie is the fact that her friend can get there and also that the female cop is also there because it kind of messes with what i think the movie is also saying about the creation myth because I I view the fern man, the pre-man, kind of like the closest to God that we get in this. And I view her estranged husband as, like, Adam. And so I feel like the, the birthing scene, I think when she arrives in the town, that's the first time that these men are even, like, aware of the concept of a woman. And so I think they're perfectly content living in this idyllic countryside And God made man in his own image, so they all look the same. Mm. And I feel like her entering the town is them gaining carnal knowledge of what it means to be with a woman. And the vicar pretty expressly says, like, now that I've seen you, all I can think about is all the ways you've had sex and, you know, the manner in which your body works. And it seems like obviously the men are blaming the woman again for, like, imparting these sinful thoughts on them. And I viewed the birthing scene at the end, because when they do fall from grace, Eve's punishment is pain during childbirth. And so I feel like this entire movie is uh, her character trying to flip the script on uh, what the, the punishment should be. And it's trying to say, like, no, women shouldn't suffer this punishment alone. Men should also suffer this punishment. And so I think her defying, like, the laws of nature and the laws of this Eden, she's putting... The pain of childbirth on the men and so like he's kind of like dealing with all of that pain through childbirth from like generations down until Mm. he gets to adam the first man so that was my interpretation of like that birthing scene at the end um but yeah i like also the idea because i I think it's great that this movie works as like either like super theological super like metaphorical for that creation myth and adam and eve Or it can read like total sci-fi and or Uh, folk horror or whatever really you want it to be. I think it's just fascinating that it works on so many levels.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, before you go, Mike, I think it's interesting that there's like, you know, it's not the movie doesn't get so like zany where it feels like so absurd because there are characters like um, the female cop and her friend like there's enough there to where it's just like all right so it is like in reality for the most part you know there's like enough there where it's just like and it's all the whole movie is just this idea for a thing it's like well like yeah but there's also like enough there to kind of like ground it thinly um mike go ahead what were you gonna say um
3: no one of the coolest things about the movie is like all the different interpretations (laughs) for all the different specifics that are there like and i have my take on it um That I haven't been able to connect everything because I also, while I think that it can be interpreted many ways, I also don't think that it's specifically supposed to be just one thing. I think that he's talking about a couple different things here. Um, But my biggest takeaway, the thing I found the most interesting is um, how, um, as far as men are concerned, love is control, Um, even if it's genuine and trying to be uh, just like from... Again, like the patriarchal nature of where men come from and that's, you know, to kind of jump ahead and then we'll meet in the middle. That's the rebirthing scene to me is that – is the idea that um – um men constantly just rebirth this patriarchy and these these traumas and these things, these Mm -hmm. abuses that they give on to women, whether they are, you know, a really nice landlord who's like, you don't pay for anything. Don't worry about it. No, I've got you. Oh, well, I gotta go get this. I'll take in your bags. Who, at the slightest hint of unappreciation, just completely flips. Like, he's one of, yeah, as Robbie said, he's one of the good ones. Uh-huh. Um, then you have <laughs> like religion, that. you know, uh, which I don't think I really have to go into what they've been doing to women for a very, very long time, both like actually and in story to be able to control. Uh, children like little boys who have absolutely zero filter and they're just calling them bitch and fuck you. And, Oh, you don't want to play a game where I make the rules like that kind of thing Uh, all the way to like bartenders and cops and like not believing people like it's all they're giving birth to one another because each generation before is empowering the next because the patriarchy is just going to keep continuing as long as men can maintain control and that's why there's great scenes with like the hands of the green man coming through, the
0: yeah, coming and through like, the mailbox, thing, and, it, and yeah. it's a
3: loving hand, and she like accepts it briefly, like, and then uh, as as soon as he has a chance, he grabs her. Um, it's the uh, the last line in the movie is uh, "I wanted you to love me," and it's I think there's a lot of misinterpretation on like what that's supposed to mean as far as like you don't see what happens afterwards. And I think that that's kind of, that made me focus in on that line a lot, which led me to the control idea where it's when he says, I just wanted you to love me. He's not saying I want love. He's saying, well, if you love me, then I will control you. Like, I don't yeah. understand why you can't like any go so far as to be like, I'll kill myself. Like right. if I can't control you, because if I can't control you, then like, I'm not a man because that's what I'm supposed to do that's what I've been taught and so all throughout the movie and again this is really focusing in on like the men aspect of it and Jesse Buckley is kind of our protagonist being kind of jettisoned through this story because of her trauma and her grief and the specifics Uh, Because, like again at the rebirth scene that's why it ends with um, her dead husband who may or may not have killed himself because she's And I think that's a clever way of being able to show that she does feel – what's a good word? She does feel, like, bad about it. She does feel like she might have had some culpability in it. She feels culpable. Because – but I think it's very important that she doesn't know if he actually jumped. Of course. Because then that opens up, well, I don't know what happened. That makes me more frightened of it. That makes me not understand it more, obviously. And I think that that's a really – Key thing that Garland does because it makes that scene with the uh, the Vector so great because as he's saying all these things to her, it's like, you feel like you drove him to it, and blah, 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 all this stuff. Like, she's like, yeah, like, Jesse Buckley's like, I kind of get what this guy's saying. That is kind of how I'm feeling. And then he just rewords it in a way that is just way more just demeaning it's all control it's he's like now i'm going to reel you in and have control and she's like what no that's not right it's kind of the same thing with like the with the female cop kind of says the exact same stuff that the male cop says later at the bar but the female cop says it they laugh about it oh you know he's just some guy walking around naked uh no we'll lock him up he's fine being crazy like ha 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 and then the 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 male cop later pretty much just says the same stuff, only he says it in a much more sinister way because he's yeah. in control he's he's above her,
2: he's very demeaning, yeah,
3: I think yeah. that's very important that it shows that women on different authoritative plateaus can still meet, and there's like no there's this this understanding that it's like we've got each other's back, look this happens, we all know that this happens, whereas when a male cop is saying it, he's immediately whether he's doing it on purpose or it's just the way that women react to men because men can all be the same, it's immediately sinister. Like, I like the word sinister that Byrne used. That is kind of like everybody just starts flipping that like to the, the sinister a little bit. Yeah, that was blowing the crazy part. It's
2: like the uh, – I don't know if you felt this, Byrne, but just like there were – I was surprised by how many small moments I identified with in the film. Like, it was just like the things that I found the most uncomfortable or like um, that resonated more were sort of like the more normal exchanges of conversation or the fact that she was traveling by herself when she went for that hike in the woods by herself. Um, like I've had stuff like that happen to me before where you are not necessarily sure if you personally are overreacting or if somebody is fucking with you and following you and you're afraid and you're kind of like, I shouldn't have to feel like this, but I do. And like just little exchanges like that and then having somebody else, uh, not, not agree and kind of be like yeah no you're just overreacting or you're you know that's 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 just all on you and it's then, like
3: those those little horrors yeah you know which, which, like, which you guys unfortunately <laughs> have a far firmer yeah. grasp and understanding than me where i'm just like i'm yeah. an outsider kind of looking in and listening trying to listen
2: and i mean it's different now being the age that i am now but like 18 19 20 year old diana went through some like serious fucking shit like that traveling like i did a bunch of stuff by myself i did a bunch of stuff abroad outside outdoors like going hiking any of that going camping a lot of that stuff you're just like oh I didn't think about it until yeah. the situation came up that That's somebody an, could be stronger than me and they could fucking the rape or murder me and I just never thought about it. The scene with so the walk is because really great. It's like great. this
3: beautiful yeah. and Garland's doing it with uh, I can't remember his his, uh, his DP's name. DT's so cool. name, um, They're just mm-hmm. like bringing out the greens and it it looks so beautiful and nice and he's lingering on it. It's like, oh, she's in paradise. She can yeah. get over this. Like she's got this. And then you're just like, no, you forget, like, she's alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's alone. And all of, all you need to know to make you afraid is that there's someone else there and it's a man.
2: Yeah.
3: That's yeah. all you need. He doesn't yep. need to say anything. He doesn't yep. really need to do anything other than just stand mm-hmm. up at the end of this tunnel. And you're just like, I love the sound in that, too, where it's like the echoes are coming further and further and going away. It's good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. I think it's also showing you this beautiful town, and you know, there's that stupid idea that just isn't true that like bad things don't happen in small towns, right? And like small towns are like so nice and beautiful yeah, and, and see, people are that's friendly. Where the yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think they're really doing a good job of painting that picture because yeah, and just being a woman alone pretty much anywhere just opens you up to so much more sinister uh, occurrences. Because, yeah, (laughs) I I run around town as a runner. And, yeah, there's this gentleman who owns this business on Main Street. And he never says anything to us when it's Heath and I. But he always manages to say something to me if he's sitting outside his business when I'm alone. And it's just kind of like a weird thing. It's unfortunate because, you know, Heath is just like, that's wild that he does that. But he'll never experience it because – if he was there, yeah. it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. So I, I think you're right that, you know, you're you're kind of made to feel like maybe I'm overreacting to things. Yeah. But I think the older I get, the more Fucking I'm like, over no, it. trust your gut. Like, yeah. no, you're not overreacting.
0: <laughs> yeah. This stuff
1: is weird. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be happening. And yeah. it's also
3: better to overreact and be safe than to underreact yes. and get hurt. Like, yeah. that's, that's the whole process yeah. of thinking behind that, too. Yeah. And again, that's more control because if someone's telling you you're overreacting, they're trying to tell you you know it's alex garland thinks he's smarter
0: than me it's that it's that exact same thing it's like <laughs> yeah. a defense mechanism where it's like no hold on a second here yeah it's i think all the all the men in the movie they they all approach with kindness and the minute that she rejects it is when they turn like i think it's like pretty much yeah. mm-hmm. every single male character even down to um, well, as soon as her she, husband, as soon as she like, challenges
3: know, them in any way in any way like, it's like Wait, hold yeah. on a second here
0: yeah I'm doing this for you. Yeah. Even her husband, oh, like, you, you don't know, want it's you. not that he's you're coming at cunt. her with niceness, <laughs> and then you're like But ah. he's coming he's coming to her with like, I need you to empathize with me. And the minute she's just like I I have to be the bigger person, just kind of cut this off, then he loses his fucking right. mind. You know? It's uh it's anytime like a woman rejects a man's like, you know, graces or what they think are them being like, Oh, I'll do one for you. You know, it's the uh it's the nice guy finish. It's the nice guy complex where it's like, I have given you enough nice guy tokens, and now you fucked right. up. Is mm-hmm. this not how this... Ugh. Speaking of... I don't
3: understand. Speaking on that pissed. real quick, I cannot <laughs> <laughs> wait to dress up as Jeffrey for Halloween this year.
1: Such a good costume. That is going to be Ooh. such a
3: good costume. I'm just going to walk around and be like, jolly love.
0: There you go.
2: I you was thinking some about. teeth,
0: though. I'll, I'll get um. some fake teeth. <laughs> You'll get them. I was thinking about how, um, at the beginning of the podcast, Anna brought up how she was talking to someone and they brought up how they weren't sure if Alex Garland, like, condemned hard enough maybe the actions of this movie or maybe what this movie is about. It didn't take a clear enough stance. And I was thinking about the James character who we kind of, like, you know, end up with by the end and it's like, ever-present throughout the movie. And I'm thinking, a question that came to my mind, I'm like, are we meant to feel bad for James. i think
2: you are until he hits her i think initially i sure. feel like I, well i personally i felt like initially you feel a little sympathetic for him like you feel like he's gaslighting her and he's very manipulative and he's making her feel bad for him so that she'll stay with him but then he f- finally fucking flies off the handle and just cock like cold cocks her in the nose and you're like oh okay no Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad. She needs to get the fuck out of there. And
3: that's a perfect example of those little those little things that you let go. Yeah. And they build up. It's just in this, it all happens in one scene. Yeah. There's little tiny microaggressions. Yeah. And there's nothing very micro about like, I'm going to kill myself when no, you leave me, God. but like, you know, before that, he's being very, <laughs> very micro-aggressive mm-hmm. and just trying to control her and doing things that I think has worked before. And yeah. Jesse Buckley's character is just had it and is not going to do this, but is still sympathetic. It still has feelings for him. But I think it just kind of goes with this thing where it's like you let this thing go, you let this thing go, you let this thing go, you let this thing go. And eventually it's going to get to something yeah. that... Is monstrous because there's a lot of they're, things they're that just people don't realize are actually
2: do. domestic abuse, like taking somebody's phone, monitoring all their stuff, like little stuff like that, like you're yeah. saying, microaggressions. Some people don't even think hitting someone is
3: domestic <laughs> abuse, like they're like it's it. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I personally, Brandon, what do you think? Did not feel bad for him at all, but I think that's because I kind of understood what the subject matter of the film was going into it. Yeah. So, I think I already like pretty yeah. firmly held her in my view as the protagonist and protect her at all costs, yeah, so even though i did i I could understand the uh that he could be a sympathetic character. But if anything, the whole time watching like these opening scenes, I was just like, gosh, there should have been a mediator here. Why isn't there a mediator? (laughs) Um, Because I feel like that would have solved everything. Yeah,
2: (laughs) She should have had her friend come over at least while she was trying to
0: leave or something. mm -hmm. True. Well, sometimes it's hard to ask for Definitely. In those situations. I think. Uh, Not for me. You know, I didn't feel bad for him. I didn't feel bad for him. At all, like even when he's like, I'm, I, I need you. I was just like, listen, like I understand, you're on the, you're on the end of the breakup where you really want it to happen. You can't give that person like false hope. You have to kind of really stick to your yeah. guns. And even when they're throwing it all at you, you have to kind of be like, I, I have to like start closing off now. Yeah. So I didn't, I always, you know, understood where she's coming from, obviously, because the movie is that by design. And I also like never, I never really felt bad for James, but. By the end of the movie, seeing kind of like the Russian dolling and the birthing and him being the final thing and her kind of like not doing a kill and her sitting with the axe and her kind of like sitting in that moment with him and having having the second chance. I didn't feel bad for him, but I almost it was like seeing an animal stuck in the patriarchy cage. And I was kind of like, you know, I think it's almost like how it's a prison that men are just you know, society just kind of like makes them these pieces of shit. And it just is like a trap that these like, you know, feral animals who are in this cage and will bite you. If you try to help them, they're just like kind of stuck in it. And I'm almost like, you know, I don't want to come across. as like all men are stuck in this patriarchal cage and they can't change. Cause I'm not trying to say that either, but I do think there's something about like the imagery and what Mike was saying about like the rebirthing and the, you know, the, the, these patriarchal systems kind of like, Always birthing and always creating anew, and like how, you know, it's almost just like what's the expectation for for men to even like break out of these things? You know, I almost feel, I almost wonder if the movie is like talking about that, and I do think if it is, that is a bit of like um even saying it out loud. It's like yeah, it's a bit of like dangerous thematic ground to tread. I'm not really sure if that's there, but it's I think it's an interesting thing to. Yeah. That I was. And again,
3: I, I think it's both. I think he found a way to be able to discuss ha- the horrors of men, not just to women, but to also men, and just like why they're horrible. Like, yeah. I feel like if you look at Alex Garland's stuff, especially his writer director things, the things he's been doing recently, Ex Machina, Annihilation, and Devs, all of these things deal with identity. What does it mean to be this thing that they say that I am? What like what does it mean to be human, robot? Yeah, alive, dead, uh, you know, uh, male, female, non-binary, anything like it like he. I think he's interested in discussing the spectrum of it. And I think that he understands that even if someone argues with you and is a terrible person and just absolutely sucks and is going to disagree with you, I think that we can all kind of understand that something's wrong with men. Something's up.
2: Like, There's even if you're yeah.
3: talking to a man who is just like the worst in the world, like, even if they won't admit it, like, they've like thought, like, it's pretty fucked up how much weird shit they do. And I think well, that he's, it's like a- Alex Garland's like wrestling with that as well. And that's the Jesse Buckley side. And that's why it's kind of a two-hander where like they're co-leads in that way, where Jesse Buckley's story is happening parallel with the Rory Kinnear story that Alex Garland is kind of. Pushing towards the James of it all at the end, when it comes down to control and everything, and that is kind of like he's talking about. It's a tragic figure, James, at the end there, um, but that doesn't make him any less manipulative. You can be sympathetic to it because, like you said, yeah. it's a feral animal in a cage. Can he could could he even help himself from getting to that point? And I agree, very tricky ground to walk on because it's tough, but yeah. it's interesting because guess what? It's a movie. Not real, but it makes it really scary because shit like this happens. It's not a dude in a hockey mask killing a bunch of camp counselors every Friday the 13th. This shit happens every day. That's why I love that scene in the apartment when he just hits her. It just comes out of nowhere. It just comes out of nowhere immediately and it's just in this normal looking apartment it's like one of the most bland sets, like even the bar looks amazing that they go to and it's just this very normalized situation and it's just this truly kind of horrific thing that just happens and like they sit in it for a little while, like that's the opening of the movie is like immediately after that. Mm. Um, and so I think it is kind of, I think you're right that he is kind of like riding the line between the horrors that men present, not only to women but also to future men and how this is just going it's a a disease they're they're demons and they need to (laughs) reproduce men to be able to keep this going and the way that they can do that is by controlling women at all times and that's why every again every Rory Kinnear all the Rorys, always start out like hello how are you how dare you and just like freaking out in like different ways I
0: think it's I think it's almost sad that people sometimes say this movie is like, oh, well, it's like not, to, uh, Yeah, I understand what it's doing. Like, it's pretty obvious. It's like, well, no, it's just sad that you easily can recognize gaslighting yeah. and toxic masculinity. It's a bummer that it is so easy for you to see because it's so ever-present in society. And like, you shouldn't be like, oh, no, I can, I I know what that is. I obviously can see that. You should be like, oh, fuck. It's so even in this weird movie, it's so <laughs> obvious to see. Like, yeah. if anything, yeah. that's a bummer like you know we we. it's sad that it is so recognizable and it, in all forms like films, we're about to get you know? Watcher
3: at the, uh, the theater mm-hmm. as well which is yeah. like this amazing looking uh, gaslighting movie which Robbie actually reminded me of Someone's Watching Me John Carpenter's first TV movie it's pretty much the same plot oh it's it like is the same like that I just realized that the other day yeah um, but in it, it's like, they're calling it like a gaslighting masterpiece and stuff like that. And I feel like people are already starting to roll their eyes at shit like that, where it's like Ugh, gaslighting. And I'm like, is it,
0: ga- is it gaslighting me into thinking it's a masterpiece? Right, well, it,
3: yeah, it's like,
0: <laughs> it's just, no, so, it's really it's, good. Uh, like bodies, bodies, bodies has like a great,
3: uh, flair on that where they're like, people are dropping like these kind of like, uh, these just like trigger buttons like you're triggering me uh stop gaslighting me you are so toxic you're you're silencing
2: me you're silencing me. it's like they're (laughs) using all
3: these things that are real but because they're being overused it's you know it's the same thing of like humorous (laughs) yeah it's the same thing like the past 15 years like um having like uh like mental having like bad mental health became like a fucking t-shirt that you can wear and it's like everybody's got something, or like, oh, having OCD is so cool. It's like, what the fuck
0: are you doing?
1: It's not cool. It's not cool. <laughs> it's yeah. not fun. I
0: mean, the the umbrella of these words just kind of got too mm. wide for what, yeah. they're, what they well, mean. Well, because like, everybody can like use the them to be like, is this now, is why yeah. I'm having a hard time. Yeah. It's not because like,
3: I'm fucking mm. up. It's because like, oh no, this is happening. Not to say that's always why someone's using those. No, they're just like, no. you know, I mean, people they're just have... getting
0: tossed out there a lot. Can I? People have trauma, but they use it to describe like maybe a swath of too (laughs) many types of things. Now,
2: can I touch a little bit back on your uh, like that final scene with James? I thought the the interesting thing that I thought uh, my kind of interpretation of that was, you know, like Mike was saying earlier with him saying like I wanted you to love me," like that control of that. I kind of took it as, you know. Uh, Jesse Buckley's character was scared of all these different versions of Rory Kinnear being birthed. But then when it was finally James and it was him saying, like, I just wanted you to love me, it was sort of like not a relief, but she wasn't afraid anymore. Like, I think that it was uh, – and you saying him kind of being like animal trapped in a cage – I don't want to say like she totally pitied him, but I feel like there was a little bit of that and that that kind of contributed to like she's not scared of him. So that that kind of evened the power play where she was kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I'm done with this. And then whether or not she actually ends up killing him or just going outside. Doesn't really matter because she's just kind of like, Yeah, no, I'm done. I'm not afraid of this anymore. Yeah. And she's ready well, for like, her friend to come pick her up.
0: <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. kind of And they can finally have yeah, a they can they can finally have an honest conversation yeah. now that he's not acting like a belligerent right. Crazy person. Right, or she doesn't <laughs> have
2: to have a conversation. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's up to her. So also, it's yeah. kind of just like I like that, you know, she she knows where she stands on it and she no longer feels like he has all the cards. So she can just kind of walk away from it if she wants to. Which and her, I think friend, is important. her friend
3: is revealed to be pregnant, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool.
3: Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Because I was remembering, I was like, is yeah. that a thing? And then I was like, oh, that's right. She does say like, I'll come down and you get hammered. Right. Which I, when she first said that, I was like, oh, I guess she'll just like stay in guard. Like yeah. while Jesse Buckley can get hammered. And then I was like, oh no, she's pregnant. Cool. <laughs>
2: yeah. I like that actress. She's from Glow. So I thought that was really fun. Yeah, I thought that was fun to see her. She's
3: in something that I watched too recently. Um, She's like a smaller character. I I will not remember it. Um, But I do like that she's the one that points out uh, Chekhov's axe. Oh, yeah. The axe that keeps coming up and coming up and then is not
0: used. And it's like, yes, that is my favorite (laughs) Chekhov. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite Chekhov. The one that's not so much (laughs) Chekhov. Yeah. Check this
1: off the list. Yeah, one other thing that I wanted to bring up and to see what you guys thought, but I'm going to tell you what I thought before I give you the chance. <laughs> but you can either disagree or agree or whatever. I thought it was really interesting. I love that in the creation myth, there are two trees in the Garden of Eden. One is the Tree of Knowledge and one is the Tree of Life. Ah. And they eat from the Tree of Knowledge. That was one tree. Uh, I'm sure in some faiths or some mythology, it is one tree. No.
0: I, I just never knew. That wasn't a correction. I was just like, oh, I always just thought it was one.
1: <laughs> and yeah. uh, so they, I think what they're implying is she eats from the tree of knowledge, it seems, right. um, because after the fall from grace, God puts a cherubim with a flaming sword to guard the tree of life, which essentially, as one does, as one does <laughs> in case they ever come back obviously. and want to get at that tree, um, which essentially like gives them immortality. It makes uh, them godlike. Okay. Um, so I loved when she was down in the forest on her walk and she encounters that guarded off tunnel. Yeah. And I was wondering, I thought maybe the, there was no cherubim with flaming sword guarding this tunnel, but I liked the idea of that being the the tree of life, immortality there. And since it was closed off, I loved all of the imagery of like the decaying deer. I like that when she emerges from the woods, oh, yeah. she's by that, like, decrepit remains of, like, barns. Or maybe it used to be a home that had, you know, gone by the wayside. I liked that, like, the fact of, like, the Tree of Life being cut off from everyone. It right. seemed like it was kind of, like, also dying. Parts of this Eden were also dying. And I just really liked all of that that imagery. But I didn't know really? if you guys had any thoughts. Because I feel like they – really focused on that guarded off or blocked off tunnel at the beginning. And then you see a couple flashbacks to her, like, you know, having like the nightmares or whatever. They kind of flashed back to that closed off door and her banging on it, but then they didn't really go back yeah. to it. So I thought it was like, I had just like an a, interesting thing.
0: I thought like the tunnel when she's like humming through it was almost like birth canal. Mm, yeah. You know, if you're, if you're going with some of like the, like obvious, like, Uh, gender imagery in movies like you know she fights with a phallus she fights with a knife you know Mm -hmm. things like that Um, which is always like you know that's I feel like a lot of that stuff is like pretty easy to pick up on in movies you know it's like usually pretty obvious but It's always, like, fun, you know? Uh, Yeah, I took it it uh, like
3: that, too, where it was like she's walking through. It's paradise. Maybe she can get through this. She enters this tunnel that looks scary, but she starts to be invited by it. She makes it halfway through. On the other side could be acceptance, happiness. She can move on, but the thing that gets in her way is just this image of a man standing up and coming at her. And she runs away because she's not ready because she can't get past that. And then when she goes back to the tunnel, um, she's not even able to access it, even if she wants to, because the fear kind of, like, stopped her from going through. That's how I thought about it, like, when I was watching it. And I haven't thought about that extra door scene at the end there until you just brought it up again. Oh, she's, like, banging on her? Well, it's like, two different tunnels,
1: it. right? Like Was the the it two different tunnels? The man was to the left when she okay. descends down the hill. And the tunnel that was blocked off was to the right.
3: Oh. Uh, I, I thought that but she maybe had, it was like, the same looped tunnel. around or something. Yeah.
1: I like that idea that it's the same tunnel. That's interesting.
0: I think there's also a bit of this movie just being like, I I feel like it's a pandemic movie where it's like shot during pandemic times. And I always think pandemic movies are interesting because it's just like, all right, we got to have like a limited cast. (laughs) We should probably shoot everything outside, you know? And I always think it's like those constraints can lead to interesting movies where I feel like Alex Garland was just like, I guess everything's shut down. Let's make something happen, right? You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I kind of was thinking that as I was watching it. It's just like, because it's such like a, in we didn't talk about too much of his career. We touched on it, but it is such like, um, it's a different type of movie than he's made in a long time. It is far more pared down and kind of smaller than something he's made in a while. Like, like Ex Machina is a single setting movie, yeah. but this movie feels even a bit more smaller and intimate than that.
3: Yeah. And I know that he said that he doesn't really want to direct too much moving forward. He's working on another one right now. And then I think he said after that, he wants to just go back to writing because he's had like a lot of directors that he would like to work with kind of come up and be like, I'd love to work with you on something. So he's like, oh, and I can just kind of focus on writing writing and stuff like that. Cause it seems to me that he enjoys writing a lot more, um, and that these movies were just like kind of directed by him out of like necessity with Ex Machina, and then that was such a runaway hit, you know, pretty much put a twenty four on the map. Uh, that's one of those like earlier a twenty four movies, um, and then Annihilation. Remember, went to like Paramount and Paramount screwed he, that all I up. I mean,
2: Annihilation's based on a book, so
3: Annihilation's based on a book. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's not afraid to like, you know, it doesn't have to be like an original thing. In an interview, he talked about how Men, like the first iteration he wrote like 15 years ago and has been like slowly updating. He's like, Ex Machina was very similar where it's like it started out as a completely different thing. And he just like puts it to the side, works on other things, brings it back out, fixes it and touches it up. And finally got to a point where Men was kind of like, I feel like this is something that makes sense. For right now, and like what I want to do with it and what I want to say, and also the being able to just cast essentially just two people for the entire movie works pretty really cool. good with like shooting it yeah. in a pandemic and makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking.
3: Yeah, and you get Rory Kinnear, the prime minister pig fucker from Black Mirror. <laughs> oh, he
2: is the yeah. prime yeah. minister. You want to know the best
3: one, her Robbie? Her. Yeah. He is M's Bruce. assistant yeah. in all the Daniel Craig Bond movies. He's yeah. the guy who's always mm-hmm. talking he's, to he's, M. You know, he's he's way just way like, Bond assistant. is off doing this yeah. again.
1: Yeah.
3: Yes, he's I also in, recently I on the
1: creature in Penny Dreadful. Oh, he's like Frankenstein's monster.
3: Oh, that's right. He is in that. Uh, he was just on uh, Our Flag Means Death.
1: Yep. Yeah.
3: As like a uh, villainous character, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> he's. Uh, and he's this big old cutie. I watched a couple interviews yeah. with uh, Jesse Buckley and him when they were like doing their uh, rounds for this movie. And he is just a big a old little sweetie pie. He's, he's like, he's awesome. seems like a nice, he's yeah, he seems like a really, really nice guy. He's always cracking jokes at like his own expense. Aww. And because uh, I guess they were at one point they were talking about how Jesse Buckley jokingly said in an interview that she wants to be the next James Bond. And so they were asking Rory Kinnear, like, well, you know, the, that. The, does she have what it takes? And he's like, I've got what it takes. What's going on here? Why are you talking? <laughs> I could <can> do that. <laughs> and it's like, he just seems like, a, just seems like the really right type of guy for a collaborative project like this to play all of these different dudes. Because like the other thing too, that we, you know, I think that we all agree on, but haven't really specifically said is that Rory Kinnear is fantastic in this, as all these oh, different yeah. parts. It's like, oh, yeah, he's really... Great. Like the vector is just like the, vector, the victor The vector so, is just so. Is just so. What am I saying?
2: You keep saying vector. Vector. I uh, think it's because we're watching Stranger, Stranger Things. <laughs> no, no, yeah,
3: that's exact. That is specifically vector. Because Vicar. my my my, uh, my brain did just go to Stranger Things season four too because oh! of the de aging child. I won't get any specifics yeah. and stuff like that. But um, oh. I don't like that. As much. But, uh, but that's fine. It is wild, it's just like, you know, a change of the teeth and contacts and a wig, you know, does change the appearance, but like the way he carries them is different. Yeah. Uh, especially with the green man, who is like very like he's almost feels like slender ish than the rest of them, even though like he is a, a portly little boy. You know, he's 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 got he's got he's got some some good uh you know well, stuff to grab they, on him. Um, I think they
2: make him look a little softer when he's the uh the house Yeah, host, yeah and he's like that he's man. got like those
3: big chicklet teeth and
2: I I like when they make him the uh the like blonde curly mullet guy in the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he looks
1: like a soccer hooligan. Yeah, yeah. I was
3: just yeah. like, oh, I like I that I also guy. like the bartender who's just like big old bushy beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: big old bushy beard.
3: Uh, <laughs> I also um you know the poster with Jeffrey, and it's like the and him smiling with those teeth, and it's like the the logo, men with the yeah. red square around it, across his eyes. Uh, I think those would make great glasses.
0: Like men, men glasses. He put put oh, oh hell yeah, right? dude! That'd be great. That'd be like the new uh, what is that, printer. The Kanye specs, yeah. where they're just like crossed yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do fuck no. that. Just
3: walk around with that. I'd like a large cold brew, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. Well, I think we, we squeezed all the juice out of this uh. forbidden fruit, right? How do we feel? Good? Good? I think
1: there's still some juice yeah. in there, but I think that's a good thing.
0: Um, Bernadette. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. You like religion. <laughs> um, what did you think Somewhat. about it's because it's uh, it's the apple, <laughs> but isn't it like um, in some stories it's a pomegranate?
1: No. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure.
2: Pomegranate is Greek mythology. Is Greek? Is that Greek? Because
3: that, I was trying to think because he does pop, he writes pomegranate in the uh, crossword.
2: And I was like, what does
3: pomegranate have to do with anything? It's like, oh, is it multiple Uh, seeds?
2: Yeah, no. Kind of thing. Pomegranate is is Persephone that uh, she eats three pomegranate seeds (laughs) before she leaves the underworld. And so she Mm -hmm. has to go back to the underworld for three months a year. And that's supposed to be winter.
3: And hmm. then the rest
2: of, and then she gets okay. to go back to see her mom and her family the rest of the year. And that's spring and summer.
3: What does he and what does he say? Like, come on, Jeffrey. Uh, he sa- he says something <laughs> like to try and think of the poem 17. Yeah. He says, like, come on, Jeffrey. Uh, is like kick on the engines or something like that and like yeah. the audience that i saw it with lost their minds at that like yeah. that's the other i guess the last thing that i'd love to just like say and see if you guys agree is like i think the movie is very funny yeah and i think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be funny it does um people yeah. are like i so just sure. can't take seeing naked men man it's just so funny i'm like no it's supposed to be funny men look super fucking funny <laughs> naked they're they're not built. Nice. And uh, society has not uh, over sexualized and glamorized them the way that they have women to be like, that is sexy. That is a beautiful thing to look at. No, they look like idiots, like um, a full head to toe naked man just looks like a moron. No matter who, no matter (laughs) who they are, like Chris Hemsworth in the new Thor Love and Thunder, you get to see everything. You could see everything in in the in you, the theatrical you flick too hard you flick too hard Daniel. like even he like uh uh like this this like absolute fucking god of a of a human being you're just like kind of looks like a
0: moron
2: I think we'll see yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i found the I found the movie to be very funny at times as well, yeah, and I do think that's by design mm-hmm. well, thank you all for joining me on this very special episode, as I said. <laughs> Before we went into spoilers, I was very excited to have a whole crew do this. It's always very nice, and for really weird movies like this, it's good to have a lot of um, cooks in the in the kitchen. Too many cooks? Not too many this mm. time. Uh, this is not the only podcast we do. Storage and Beacon is a host of many podcast articles... Articles and reviews. Head over to com where you can find all that stuff. You can also find showtimes for our movie theater located in Beacon, New York. While you're there, you can go to Wonder Bar, which has small plates and bevies, cocktails to be specific. And you can get water, Mm -hmm. I guess. We got a burger now, Uh, too. It's really good. And they got a burger now. Check it out. Um, so, yeah, if you want to listen to other podcasts, we have ones that cover TV. We have retrospective stuff. We have other fun ones. Don't forget that you can also sign up for our members-only service for $5 a month. You can have access to even more really niche, weird podcasts where we cover really specific stuff that just tickles our fancy. Whether it's specific directors, actors, or what have you. We even have a whole show about Tony Collect. Bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's uh, it's It will take you a year to listen to <laughs> it, but... They had they had fun doing it. <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything to plug before we uh, enjoy the rest of our Memorial Day? Um,
2: Robert Pattinson.
0: <laughs> Robert Pattinson, Pattinson stuff. Me
3: and Burn are working on that. Uh, I, if I may, uh, I'm a little biased, but I wanted to plug. Um, uh, Diana's article the plays the thing on station 11. Oh, thanks. That's uh, on our website now because Station 11 was extremely special and I'm trying to spread the word on it because I thought that it was really popular. More people I talk to, they're just like, "Oh yeah, I saw that advertisement, I did not watch it." And I'm like, "You have to you I fell have off. to watch I this it, goddamn but... thing. It's you have to get to the end of it for it all to like kind of loop yeah. around." I really want to rewatch it again um and it's one of the funnest shows to talk about with people once they've seen it all like Sophia, uh who works at the theater and uh is on some uh episodes writes for the site a lot who actually just got into um columbia university yesterday which is very awesome um she's watching it right now and i'm just like i can't wait to talk i just can't wait to like trap her behind concessions like in like for like when we have like an hour break <laughs> and just be like talk to we me just had a podcast you about think men. about this all right well <laughs> i won't funny. trap her i'll, I'll put her men. closer to the door so she wants to leave but i just want to i want to <laughs> talk the, to implica- to the
0: implication will be that the implication right. right. will be the she can't leave i have <laughs> yeah. the power in the situation yes. Uh-huh. yes
1: something that uh I, I typically don't plug on the podcast but in. The chance that you happen to be local to Beacon or local to the Hudson Valley, Mike Burge and I do trivia on the second Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m. If it is not on the second Tuesday of the month, we will heavily advertise that date change. But that's like a weird thing that I don't think I've ever plugged on the podcast. Fine. That's my only plug.
0: If you like trivia, head over to the story screen. It's, movie, it's trivia, movie trivia, right? Trivia. You guys don't, do, don't cover like music or some weird shit, like movie uh,
1: TV, movie TV, music. Some
3: type like movie related music. You know, it's <laughs> all right, right,
0: right, right, right. It's all oh, there. yeah, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. We uh, we're actually all going to hang out, and it's going to be fun. So I'm excited to see everybody soon. It would have been good if we did Top Gun Maverick. Yes, today. it would have. But we'll get to it. But it's okay, you know, we'll get to it. You gotta got to go
3: there. see it first, uh, you, you big dummy. Oh.
1: That's the thing.
0: I just kind of want to. I kind of just rather watch Ambu L.A. Ambu Ambulance. LA, LA, yeah, Ambulance, LA, yeah? LA, yeah. I just kind of want to do that again.
1: Minutes.
0: I d- I did Ambulance. watch Top Gun last oh. night. I watched the OG think, Top Gun last night. I thought watching it was cool. the OG
2: Top Gun will make the new one fun for you. I don't think
0: it's, it made the
3: trailer more it's exciting. It's not required I was like, oh, fun, reading, cool.
2: but it'll make it fun.
3: It'll make it more emotionally impactful.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm excited to get into it. I couldn't get over Tom Cruise's unibrow. And He's so was
1: young. so baby. Baby.
0: No she one talks teeth. about it. No one fucking talks about it. Because people have respect. His teeth Roberts. are insane. Oh, they're yeah. weird. It looks
1: this. like he has three front teeth.
0: I can't believe I can't Listen, if this. you can objectify <laughs> anyone, it is yeah, Tom I Cruise. I think
3: that's the one person that Make we're that not a allowed objectify. that a t-shirt. Mr. Cinema I just, himself. Thank you so much we'll for joining soon. me. See you soon. We wouldn't have movies right now if it wasn't for Tom
1: Cruise. (laughs) Robbie, if you have time, because I haven't seen the OG Top Gun, so I need to see Top Gun. But if you have time to watch Val, that Val Kilmer Uh, documentary, you should.
3: You should watch Val. Watch Val. That's a that's like the most Top Gun stuff I've seen.
2: Yeah, actually, Robbie, you should watch Val. It It will. will. (laughs)
3: <laughs> but like, just vibe out with it, man. Yeah, just like, it's just sweet. go
2: through it. It's a good just, thing. sad though. Just watch it, and then you can watch Willow, and then we can watch the new Willow show together. Let
3: me know when you guys are gonna uh, yeah. go see it. Uh, I'll
2: go watch it again. With I you. want to
3: see that movie. Like, yeah, two I'll go times. watch it again. With I you, it'll be fun. See it. it's, I sneak in to There's watch. There's
2: some babes in that taking the shirts off. I sneak in off. to
3: watch uh, certain parts with the crowds, Whoa. and people are just losing their fucking minds for this. It's I've never it's seen.
2: It's fun to see it with the crowd.
3: Yeah, everybody is just like so, like yeah, like at all the right parts. It's yeah. crazy.
2: <gasps> Freddie, come say hi. Hi, hi, hi. Meow, meow, meow. Oh, look at meow, this. Meow, meow, meow.
1: Yeah. Aww, full belly Meow,
2: meow, 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 meow,
1: meow,
2: meow. Oh, belly. Oh, so comfy over there. That's
1: a move for him.
2: Oh, so nice. All right, we'll see you guys later. <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah. Yeah, three or four. Whatever Mm -hmm. you want. We'll see you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.